Book of Mormon Prophecy, a podcast series by Avraham Gileadi, Ph.D. 4. Book of Mormon Keys to Isaiah Why is it important to apply the Book of Mormon's keys to understanding Isaiah? Have Latter-day Saints been confused because they haven't done this? Welcome to podcast number four, Book of Mormon, Keys to Understanding Isaiah. We start with Obtaining the Spirit of Prophecy. Hope you're enjoying this series. This is number four out of 30 of them. 2 Nephi 25.4, where Nephi says, Hearken, O my people, which are of the house of Israel, give ear unto my words, because the words of Isaiah are not plain unto you, Nevertheless, they are plain unto all those that are filled with the spirit of prophecy. So there you have it. If you have the spirit of prophecy, which is what the ancients had when they prophesied, then you'll understand. Well, that's a tall order, isn't it? We're not those prophets. Well, then I ask, well, why not? Why cannot we have the spirit of prophecy as well as them? They were human. They served God to their utmost. They were accepted as prophets. Shouldn't every man be a prophet? As the Lord said to Moses, and the two prophets prophesying outside the camp of Israel, he said, would that all men were prophets. And what is the spirit of prophecy anyway? Revelation 19.10 answers and says, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So how can you have the testimony of Jesus except by the Holy Ghost? Right? So how can you have the, the spirit of prophecy except by the Holy Ghost? It's by the Holy Ghost that you speak, that you think, that you, that you act. Then you have it. Of course, some have it in a greater degree than others because they serve God more than others. And that's probably, that's probably the difference. There's another key to understanding Isaiah, and that is the letter of prophecy you read in 2 Nephi 25.5. From Nephi, he's been quoting Isaiah. My soul delights in, delighteth in the words of Isaiah, for I came out from Jerusalem. Well, he was there. He saw everything going on. That's really important because he was also taught in the learning of the Jews, correct? When eyes have beheld the things of the Jews, of course, the word things in Hebrew is the same as the word words. My eyes have beheld the words of the Jews, and I know that the Jews understand the things or the words of the prophets. And there was none other people that understand the things or words which were spoken unto the Jews like unto them. Save it be that they are taught after the manner of the things of the Jews, after the, the manner of the Jewish methodology of the words of the Jews. So there's something really peculiar that the Jews have a corner on that we don't, as Latter-day Saints. But guess what? We do. We do. It's in my books. I studied in rabbinic school. I learned the manner of the Jews. And I discovered these connections in the book of Isaiah. I don't remember much of what I learned, but I learned the principle of analyzing in rabbinic school in Jerusalem. And it's in my books. And if you follow my Isaiah commentaries and all of that books, you'll be learning the, you'll be learning the manner of Jews very, very quickly with hands-on on the book of Isaiah. And then you can go to the Book of Mormon and use it there. And any other scriptures, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing empowerment that happens. When you finally keep Jesus' commandment to search diligently the words of Isaiah. That was a deliberate challenge he gave us. And it has amazing consequences. Now we go to Isaiah's prophecy of our great worth, 2 Nephi 25, 7 through 8. 
which we read before, some of it. And the days of the prophets of Isaiah shall be fulfilled. Men shall know of a surety of the times when they shall come to pass. So if they're beginning to be fulfilled today, and it will be seeing some of that already, and indeed we are. If you get into Isaiah, you'll see some things are beginning to happen. Wherefore they are of great worth unto the children of men, and he that supposes that they are not, unto them will I speak particularly. I guess there's a few among us that say, hey, there, what's the use of that? What's the use of Isaiah? Why do you bother with that stuff? You're weird, whatever they say. They've been saying it for a long time now. And confine the words unto mine own people, for I know that they shall be of great worth unto them in the last days, and unto the Gentiles, of course. For in that day they shall understand them, wherefore for their good have I written them. With the time comes the understanding, but also with the time come the tools, come the literary tools that I provided over from over 40 years of literary analysis of the book of Isaiah. I'm sharing them with you. They're in the Isaiah Institute publications that we have, and all the lectures and, and presentations that we're giving this day. The commandment to search Isaiah's words, 3 Nephi 23, 1 through 3. This is Jesus speaking through the Nephites. I say unto you that you ought to search these things, these words. Yea, a commandment I give unto you that you search these things, or these words, diligently, for great are the words of Isaiah. We covered that previously in our first podcast. But I just want to re reassert that they truly are great, but you don't know that until you get into them. And then you see how great they are. And you'll be amazed. And you'll thank God. It's like a second conversion to the gospel. Like another conversion all over again, taking you to a higher level of understanding that empowers you, that enables you to go confidently to other scriptures and to put them all into a, a holistic framework to see how they all fit. That Isaiah is the centerpiece. They all fit into this amazing construct that, that the Lord has provided in our scriptures. And they all cohere with the book of Isaiah. There are many reasons like that why the words of Isaiah are great. For surely he spake as touching all things concerning my people which are the house of Israel. That's past, present, future. And he uses ancient history as an allegory of the end time. He talked about it being a blueprint of the end time. The book of Isaiah. And also is the fullness of the gospel. Otherwise it would not be all things. Well, where is that in the book of Isaiah? Well, we'll get into that. It's the fullness of the gospel in a, in a way in a far richer form than we have received or even realized thus far. Because based on the Hebrew covenants, and we have very little understanding of the Hebrew covenants, covenants the Lord made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and with King David and his heirs, and with the house of Israel collectively, and with the tribe of Levi, and so forth. Therefore it must be that, needs be that he must also speak unto the Gentiles, because of the interaction, our interaction with the house of Israel, and all things that he spake have been and shall be, even according to the words which he spake. What has been shall be. You've heard that before. History, history repeats itself. Here it is in Ecclesiastes 1.9. Ancient history repeats itself in the end time. The thing that has been, he says, it is that which shall be, and that which has been done is what shall be done. There is nothing new under the sun. There you have it. It's history repeating itself but in this case, in a very specific way. The events that Isaiah selectively chooses to speak about from his day and from the time soon thereafter, he selects 30 events out of Israel's ancient history 
that repeat themselves in the end time. And wouldn't you want to know what they are? So that if you're familiar with these events as a guideline to you today, you know exactly what's coming down the pike. You'll know exactly how to prepare for them and what your role is and what the Lord will do for you personally to keep you safe through them and to provide safety and stewardship and fulfill your stewardship toward others as well so that the Lord can bring to pass his marvelous work, his great and marvelous work in restoring the house of Israel. Now, Isaiah is really the basis of so much. There's so much material relevant to the end time that you can't emphasize that enough. No, Jesus truly said it, the great other words of Isaiah. And how many times have we been admonished and counseled to search the words of Isaiah, search the scriptures? Who's doing that today? Yeah, we read a chapter a day. That's not good enough. That doesn't work, hardly at all. In rabbinic school, I spent a whole month one time on one verse, analyzing it from every angle, trying to determine what God means by what that is saying, not what we try to impose upon it, not using it as a proof text for justifying some belief that we have, and we're using it as a proof for what we believe. No. The Jews say, what is this telling me? What is God telling me through this scripture? That is what I want to understand and then do it. How does this scripture compare with these other things that talk about similar things? I want to know that, how they all fit together. What are these word links that this scripture has with other scriptures? Are there keywords? Are there important things to note? What does this word mean? Why does it appear in parallel? Why is there a chiasm here that has a center point, a key idea? That's searching. That's the man of the Jews. Hey, we do that in the Isaiah Institute. Come and join us. On summary, the Book of Mormon keys to Isaiah are the spirit of prophecy, the manner of the Jews, or the Jewish methodology of analyzing and making those connections. Searching diligently. Well, that's the central part of it, right? Searching diligently. It's actually, Jesus said, diligently. And what has been shall be. All things that he spake have been in the past and shall be again in the end time. Using ancient history as an allegory of the end time. And then transporting that to the Book of Mormon, we see the same thing happening. All those events in the Book of Mormon, somehow, even those great wars of Alma in the second half of the Book of Alma, they are very typifying of something of the great Assyrian wars that happened in our day. Like the ancient wars of Assyrian conquest of the ancient world. They're going to be repeat themselves in our day. Yes, there's going to be a world war and there's going to be a latter-day Assyria conquering the world. We'll talk about it. What's the time frame? Preparatory phase of learning Isaiah's prophecies in order to empower us to fulfill our end-time missions. Moving forward, we're going to learn the words of Isaiah that help us understand all scriptures, number one. And number two, how do God's covenants empower us to to fulfill our end-time roles as saviors to the house of Israel. That is a grand key that we Latter-day Saints need to learn. Next time, we're going to discuss which covenants were taken away by the Great and Abominable Church. And the recommended reading is going to be my book, The Last Days, Types and Shadows, from the Bible and the Book of Mormon. It's, you can find that in our store on our website. I look forward to sharing our next session with you our podcast number five. Thank you for listening and please share with others. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Thank you for joining us today. Join us next time when we learn what are the missing covenants. Do Latter-day Saints realize that many plain and precious parts removed from the scriptures consist of the covenants God made with the house of Israel?